0: Uh, as you're taking your seats, I'd like to draw your attention to the Gospel of Luke. Uh, we are in chapter number 8 uh, this morning, and it is so good to see you all uh, in God's house. Uh, uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't. Uh, we were away last week. We were visiting family up in Michigan. Pastor Dave spoke, did a tremendous job, so thankful for him stepping in and, uh, and doing uh, what he did there, great sermon on the preeminence of Christ. And so today we are coming back now. Uh, if you remember, we've been out of our series now for, for two weeks. Uh, the week before that, I talked about the events that were taking place in light of uh, future events. And then uh, today, uh, or last week, Pastor Dave spoke. And then today, we're going to move back into our series in chapter 8 of the gospel of Luke. And when we left Jesus, we're investigating uh, Jesus' life, that's the title of our series that we've been walking through. We left Jesus as a guest at a Pharisee's home, if you recall. he A Pharisee invited him out to eat, and uh, at his home, a party was taking place. And while he was there, um, a woman came into the room and she began to worship Jesus. She began to worship Him and thank Him for the forgiveness that He gave to her. She did this by uh, weeping and washing His feet with her tears, drying them with her hair, and then anointing His feet with perfume. And We see a beautiful picture here of how awesome and amazing God's forgiveness is. Are you thankful for God's forgiveness? Amen. Amen. So we see this forgiveness and what it drew out in this woman was authentic genuine worship of Jesus because of the forgiveness that she received. And now as we are moving forward now, Luke is now moving us uh, into the traveling ministry of Jesus. Up until this point, Jesus has stayed primarily around the city of Capernaum uh, and he's been ministering in the city of Capernaum. As we move into chapter 8, Jesus now leaves the city of Capernaum and starts traveling to different villages, different cities, presenting the gospel, presenting the kingdom of God, his message, and and how to live um, out Uh, the life of a believer of a follower of Jesus Christ and so Luke tells us kind of who's in this caravan of people uh, that are traveling and he gives us this list in in chapter 8 beginning in verse number 1 through uh, 1 through 3 it's very important that we make note of this he says uh, soon after he went on through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him do you remember who the 12 are now? They're the apostles. Remember, he had chosen 12 apostles. So at this point, whenever the Bible references or the New Testament references in the Gospels here, the 12, with what Luke is talking about, he's talking about the 12 apostles. Anybody else that faithfully followed Jesus was considered a disciple. Do you see the difference? Okay. So these are the 12 apostles. Certainly there were some disciples there. And within these disciples that also followed Jesus were some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household manager and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. So Jesus says, listen, or Luke lays out for us who's traveling with Jesus. The apostles most definitely. But there's also a group of disciples that are also following along as Jesus journeys. And within this group are these certain women uh, that were prominent and important to the ministry of what Jesus had. So why is this significant? Why does Luke take time out? to share this with us. And I want to share with you two things why this is so very important that you need to understand is important to ministry today, and that is this. The first one is ministry cannot be done alone. You recognize that? Not even Jesus himself, the Son of God enrobed in human flesh, was able to do the ministry that he needed to do on this earth by himself. He appointed apostles, he had disciples that followed, he had women also in there that supported and helped, and and, uh, helped him to minister, helped him to do what he needed to do as he traveled, uh, the things that had to be done. So I want you to understand, and we need to understand, and as we've already seen exhibited here, as, as we gave the announcements about our local missions team, and the other ministries that we have going on in our church, it doesn't take just one person, all right? Uh, this is, get personal here. You ready? Get, this isn't at all about me. It's not, we hired the pastor to get the work done. I'll fail because I can't do it all. I can do what God has called me to do. I can do what God has placed me here to do, which is to preach God's word, to oversee the ministries that are taking place, to, to counsel with people and to love on people and stuff. But I'm one person, right? Uh, if if I was to oversee and was to try to hand out all the school supplies that got handed out by our local missions team, I would not have gotten it done. It just couldn't happen, you see. So Jesus shows us here, and Luke shows us here, the power of ministry and teamwork. It takes all of us doing our part. We all have our own specific part. And then what is so very important here is something that we need to recognize is we see also the importance of both men and women in ministry. Now, I don't know if you know much about the culture in this day and age, but in this culture, women were considered property. That's it. I'm not saying that's right, (laughs) okay? It's not. They said women were simply property. But Jesus was always a champion of women's rights. Always. And Jesus always elevated women up to equal roles with men and women. Now, because he equ- he equaled, brought women up to equality with men, doesn't mean that the roles of men and women were exactly the same. They're different. But it means this. It means that women... And especially even today, sometimes women feel this way. You are equal to what men can do in the ministry. God has a plan and a purpose for you. You are equally important. So not only do we need men to thrive in ministry, but we need women to thrive in ministry. And most of the time, we see women really thriving in church ministry. And I praise God that God has created women with patience to take care of children. Amen? Right? I mean, the only way I could teach one of our Sunday school classes, and they're wonderful children. They're your children. They're wonderful children. Love them to death. I just don't have the, stu- the skill to, to do it. And I'd have to do it with rope and duct tape. In love, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right? My point is simply this and what Luke is telling us as we go through this. And this is just all preliminary, but I want you to get this. This is kind of a side note. This is kind of extra today. You're important to the cause of Jesus Christ. You are needed for the ministry of Jesus Christ. There is not one person who is a follower of Jesus Christ that is not equally important to do the ministry that is needed for Jesus Christ. And the church said amen, right? Amen. All right. So we see that Jesus is going now with the group that that he has, and he's getting ready to go and minister uh, where he is going. And Jesus now, as he travels, what happens? We we know that the scenario, people start to gather. A a crowd sees Jesus, they start coming along, they start following, and Jesus stops uh, to teach and to teach them a lesson. We'll come back to that in just a moment. But to set this up today, I want to ask you a question. Is there a difference between hearing and listening? there is now we use that word interchangeably we, we kind of uh, you know do you hear me or are you listening to me back and forth stuff like that but the dictionary tells us that hearing is to perceive with the ear the sound made there's a sound we, we perceive that we've we've heard that listening though is uh, defined as gives one's attention to the sound now all of us have been in this type of scenario all of us have done this men we get really uh kind of berated because of it and i think we earn it because we do this but women you've done this uh, as well have you ever been in a scenario where you're in a room you're doing something you're watching tv you're reading a book you're you're engrossed in something for that that moment and you recognize just by presence that someone else is in the room with you right And that person that is in the room with you, maybe your spouse, maybe someone else, looks at you and speaks to you. And when they speak to you, you kind of are still focused in what you're doing, but your head might be nodding, but, you know, they're recognizing you're not really into this conversation. Have you ever had that experience, right? And, And so what do they say? Are you listening to me, right? Are you listening to me? And, and then we just kind of completely blow it, don't we? We look up and we go, what did you say? <laughs> right? Uh, which lets them know that we have no clue what you were saying, even though uh, that happened. And men, we, we we're kind of good at that. Uh, but, but ladies, you do it as well. And so what's, what's the difference here? Hearing, you heard the noise. You heard the, the I like to call it the Charlie Brown adult voice, right? Right? And you're hearing the wah, 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 wah that you, you're not paying attention to. And then when they say, did you listen to what I said? Did you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Then you focus in and you actually hear uh, what is going on um, with that. Uh, now, can, can, can I give a little confession here? I, I don't know if you do this, but you shouldn't do this, though. Sometimes I look at my wife glass-eyed when she does that and try to give an answer. Don't, don't do that because the answer is usually wrong. So just that'll help you out in your marriage. That's just an extra piece there. But listen, here's the thing. Listen to me very carefully. Hearing requires nothing, not even acknowledgement. However, listening always requires application and action. That's the difference. Hearing requires nothing. Listening always requires application and action. And Jesus is going to talk about us having a listening heart. And what does it mean to have a listening heart? And what does that do for us? And so the crowd has gathered. We're all there. Uh, Jesus now is is ready to teach. And Jesus decides to do something here that he has not done as of yet in his ministry. You may have heard uh, about this. You may have heard this word before. Jesus has not implemented this style of teaching yet. And Jesus turns to the crowd and teaches them a parable. He uses a parable to teach his lesson. This is the first time he did it. It was completely new to everyone that was there. Now, what's a parable? A parable is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. It's an it's a, a, a illustration that is an earthly illustration, but you apply it to heavenly truths. And if you have your Bible open, you might have the heading on this. This is the parable of the sower. Well, the reality is, is this really isn't the parable of the sower. It's really the the parable of the soil. Because the key component in this is not the sower, it's the soil. And the soil that he's going to refer to is our heart. But before we get into it, let's look at the parable that Jesus teaches uh, the crowd, and so the crowd is gathered. They're all sitting there. They're ready to hear the words of Jesus. Uh, you know, they've experienced him teaching the Sermon on the Mount, and these other sermons where he's just plainly laid out what they need to know. And Jesus then says to them, "A sower went out." To sow a seed. Now, let's stop there for a minute so we can get into the context uh, of this. A sower was a farmer or, or was a person who was going to sow seed, going to plant his field. In that day and age, they had no equipment to do this, they didn't have any machines that did this. The best way that they could do it is a person had a bag of seed around his shoulders. He would reach in, and as accurate as he could, he would take it and he would throw it. That's basically what he would do. Not the most accurate way to do it because the seed would go everywhere, but the idea is is hopefully most of the seed will land in the soil that will allow it to grow and it will be okay, but you're going to lose some in the process. They understood this. When he said there's a sower who went out to sow his seed, they're all like, I've got this picture. I know exactly what he's talking about. And so he goes on. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell among the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and it grew, and, and as it grew, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with, with it and choked it. And some fell into the good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things, and he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, that last statement is simply this. Don't just hear the noise, don't just hear what I said. Listen to what I'm saying and, and learn from the parable. But here's the problem with this. Jesus said the parable and that was it. So, let's go back through that again, and you put yourself into their, their shoes. If someone came up to you and said, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell among the path, was trampled underfoot, birds ate it, devoured it. Some fell on the rock, grew, and then it withered away because it had no moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up uh, with it and choked it out. And some fell onto good soil and grew uh, and yielded a hundredfold. Now, go and learn. How do you feel? Huh? Right? I mean, what? So, so does Jesus want me to go plant seeds in the field and grow corn, or what's he? Uh, what, what's, what does he? He want me to be more, be, uh, you know, better at casting seed. What do? I, and that's where. Listen, that's where Jesus left the people. And you think to yourself, why in the world would Jesus leave the people? And He's giving a lesson here, not only for the people that are there, but more for the disciples that are following, and actually more for you and me today because there's a truth here that we need to understand that we need to apply into our lives that is so very very important why in the world would jesus simply just give this parable a few lines and be done teaching the people without any explanation without anything else why did jesus do this and that is exactly the question that the disciples had for jesus so Jesus is done speaking to the crowd, and the disciples come around Jesus, and they kind of, you know, the apostles and the disciples and all there, they kind of pull Jesus aside and go, I can hear Peter. I go, Lord, maybe not one of your best sermons, but um, I'm just wondering, what are you talking about, right? What are you, what, what are you saying? What? And so look at verse number nine. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, so they came to him and said, Jesus, we don't get it. Why in the world would you share a parable with people and, and, and no explanation and nothing else and just you told them to listen and what are, you, what are you teaching? And Jesus says something very important. He says, to you, and who's this you? To you, to the disciples, to you who are followers of me, to you who are committed to following me, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, well, they're simply parables. So that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And you, you look at this and you go, wait a minute, does Jesus not want these people to know? No, we're going to see that here in a moment. But look at what he says. To you who are genuine followers of Jesus. To you who are genuine disciples. To you who are committed to this following of my life. To you, you are going to see and you are going to learn the secrets of the kingdom of God. Why does Jesus say this? Are you ready? Because Jesus wasn't impressed with big crowds. Jesus could go anywhere and we know up to 20,000 people could follow him at a given time. He could have a huge crowd. He wasn't impressed with big crowds. And the reason is, is because he knew the reason why big crowds gathered. Big crowds gathered because they wanted to be a part of something big. Have you ever walked outside uh, uh, or been somewhere and you see a crowd of people and you're automatically drawn to the crowd of people? Why? Because you want to see what's going on? What's happening? What, what's taking Why are these people gathered together and the majority of the crowd once a good group of the crowd came around Jesus most of the people kind of said well what's going on what am I going to see and here's what happened most of the time with the crowd oh it's Jesus I heard he does tricks I mean that's really what they said I, I heard he does miracles I heard he does, it's like a David Copperfield magician show right that's all they were interested in and, and if we're lucky uh, I, he, he might feed us <laughs> right How many of you have ever heard uh, the story of going to an Oprah Winfrey show and someone winning a car? Oprah Winfrey giving the entire audience a car. and then So that happened a few years ago and stuff, and then all you heard is, we need to go to the Oprah Winfrey show, which I don't um, advise, by the way, but but we all got to go to the Oprah Winfrey show so that we can win something. She's going to give us something. That's what happens with the crowd. The crowd has the mentality, what's in it for me? right? Jesus said, these people aren't committed to me. They're not even committed to the message. These people are like, well, they're like the folks that, that, that I know in my ministry past that I had this one gentleman, sweetest man in the world. I believe he loved the Lord. He was up in years and stuff like that. But every time I would say, open your Bible, he started snoring. I mean, he just fell asleep right there. And he slept through the entire message. But he was always the first person that came up to me after the service. Great message, pastor. And if I went longer, the message got even better. Because he was sleeping. Right? He got, got, got more of his napping. Jesus says the crowd is just basically, well, they don't even hear. They hear the want, 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 but they don't understand what's going on. But you as disciples, you as followers of me, you have chosen to want to know more. As a matter of fact, now now listen, let's answer the question, well does Jesus not want everybody to learn the lesson? Absolutely he does, because he addresses this in verses 16 through 18. At the end of this, he says, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. So he's, listen, the word of God is this lamp, is this light, and we want to put it as high as we can, get to everyone that we can. But we need to understand, and he's encouraging his disciples here, he's encouraging his apostles here that, listen, not everyone that is going to come around to hear the word is actually going to receive it you give the word no matter what the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest those who are disciples and want to know they'll receive it those who don't they will not that's what he's actually saying here he says for nothing is hid that will not be made manifest nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light those who want to know they will know so take care then how you hear for the one who uh, has more will be given and for the one who has not even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. and So he gives us an illustration of the hearer here. He goes, make sure that you listen and pay attention so that you can gain more. But if you just a hearer, if you just let it go in one ear and out the other and you don't apply it to your life and you don't do it, you're going to wind up even losing what you already have. So Jesus is setting this all up to give us the lesson. So this is all set up here to let us know what this uh, parable is. And so The answer to the question, why would Jesus give this parable and not give an explanation for us today is this. Number one, Christianity is work. Christianity is work. The things of God are not just handed out carelessly. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. Just listen to what he says, don't throw your pearls before swine. He says, the Word of God is precious and powerful, and it will go and it will will teach, but we just don't throw it out haphazardly. He says, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to know the deeper things of God, listen now, you have to work for it. You have to dig deep. You have to uh, study. You have to know the Word of God. You have to get into the deeper things of those. It takes discipline. It takes work. Can I put this really on a level? It takes more than just coming to a service on Sunday. If this is the only Bible you get in your life throughout the week, then you are just a hearer, not a listener. If you are not taking the Word of God and and applying it to your life the best that you can and, and seeking God throughout the week as well, then you're just hearing. As a matter of fact, he says, listen, not only is Christianity work, but a true disciple of Jesus is willing to put in the work. A genuine disciple, a genuine follower of Jesus. Isn't it interesting that we see here in this parable that Luke lays out for us, Jesus teaches this parable, isn't it interesting that it's only the disciples that come back to Jesus and go, hey, what does this mean? The rest of the crowd was content to hear, I heard Jesus give a parable, it was a great parable, what did it mean? I don't know, did you ask him? I didn't care. But what did the disciples do? They said, oh, great parable. I didn't really get it, but I went to Jesus. I searched. I worked. I strove. I tried to get more information. I tried to get deeper. I tried to find someone who can teach me, which was Jesus. You see, the disciples worked for knowing the deeper truths and the deeper things of God. And it is the person that works for the things of God that will re- be revealed the secrets of God to them. And that's what Jesus concludes with in this parable. He concludes by telling the disciples exactly what he meant. Let's look at verse number 11. So Jesus says, Let me teach you the secrets. Let me tell you what it says. Now, the parable is this The seed is the Word of God. And what his point is is this the Word of God never has anything wrong with it, the Word of God is perfect the Word of God will always accomplish what it is sent to do. The Word of God will always be right. It's never wrong. So he's like, I want you to understand that the sower is the person that preaches the Word of God. It's Jesus maybe in this parable, but it's also the person that teaches the Word of God is the person that preaches the Word of God. As long as you preach and teach the truths of the Word of God and don't Waver from the word of God, then the word of God will go and accomplish what it was sent to do because the word of God cannot fail, right? It cannot be wrong. Okay, so he says there's absolutely nothing wrong with the sower and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the, the seed that's being uh, thrown out. So Luke uh, chapter cha- excuse me chapter eight verse twelve says this. So he says the ones along the path. So remember he cast his seed; it's on the path. The ones who are on the path are those who have heard, so they heard the gospel, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. So the gospel went out. Did the gospel fail? No, it didn't fail. But what happened? The enemy came. And when the enemy came, he brought doubt, he brought disbelief, he brought um, false teachings in. Have you ever shared with someone the good news of Jesus Christ, and after every statement, they're like, but, right? But, but this, but that, but I believe, you know, the Bible says this, but, but I heard this, or I believe that, or I believe, the lies of the world. So what are they doing in essence? In essence, they're believing the lies of the devil, they're, they're believing the lies that are there and not accepting the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. These are people that have heard and have walked away going, I, I can't accept it. I just can't accept the truth. Okay. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the one who gives, has nothing the one that, that, that the word of God touches, as the person will not believe God over the devil. Verse 13. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no roots. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. This is a person that hears the gospel message and like, oh, this is, this is great, this is so good, I want Jesus in my life, but listen now. This is a person that has taken and have heard the gospel going, if I add Jesus to my life, it's going to make my life better. Have you ever heard that? Oh, listen, all you need is Jesus in your life. Live the life you're living. Do what you're doing. Keep on going. Jesus is all about love. Just add him to your life, and you'll be okay. Good to go. And how many of you know that gives you no foundation? That gives you nothing to stand upon because what he says here is that you have this little Jesus that's not even the Jesus of the Bible and you're like oh he's going to make my life so good he's going to make my life so wonderful have you ever heard it if you accept Jesus he'll make you wealthy if you accept Jesus he'll make you healthy if you accept Jesus you'll you'll never have any problems in your life we call that the prosperity gospel have you heard that Interestingly enough, Jesus knew about the prosperity gospel right here in Luke. And he says, you just add Jesus to your life and you think it's going to be uh, peaches and cream and all this good stuff. He says, listen, you have no roots. You can't withstand. And when the trials of life come, when the hard things of life come, you're just going to walk away. And I can, listen, can I give you an example of this? There was a church in North Dakota, about 40 miles from where uh, I I ministered in North Dakota. It was uh, uh, a name it, claim it church. It was a word of faith church. And their pastor taught that that God heals everyone continually. If you add Jesus to your life, it's just going to be good. Everything's going to be great. You're going to be wealthy. You're going to have all this stuff, all that kind of doctrine with it. And he got cancer. And he passed away. And his people believed in this uh, teaching so much that they actually stormed the hospital to try to raise him from the dead, and they couldn't do it. That church is not existent today. You know why? Because their faith wasn't faced wasn't based upon the Jesus of the Bible. Their faith was based upon a false Jesus that they thought would give them everything their heart desired. And when the, when the rubber met the road, when, when, they couldn't even celebrate if this pastor was actually saved and he went to heaven. They couldn't even celebrate that. They just were angry at God, and they, they were angry at God because God didn't make their life be what they wanted it to be, you see. That's a false gospel. Jesus says, listen, that's the prosperity gospel. That does nothing for you. And that is not, listen, it's not that they heard the gospel and they genuinely accepted the true Jesus. It's that they heard the gospel and accepted a false Jesus and they were never saved to begin with. They didn't lose their salvation. They walked away from a Jesus they didn't even understand, you see. So they heard, but they didn't, uh, they didn't their roots didn't go deep. And then verse 14. And as for what fell among the thorns... They are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Now, this is a group of people that have actually accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've heard they are saved. Uh, it doesn't show anywhere here that they walk away from the faith or the, or the fact that they are not saved. What it shows here, though, is that they, their faith is choked out by the cares of the world. In other words, these are weak and anemic believers. These are believers who have got their fire escape. Are you with me? They've accepted Jesus so they won't go to hell, but they're not going to serve Jesus in their life. They're just going to go live their life how they want to. These are the believers who say, Yes, I, I know that Jesus died for me, and I, I believe that with all my. I mean, God's grace is amazing. It absolutely is amazing that He will accept someone in this state, but He does. You accept Him as Lord and Savior, and then you go on, and you're like, well, the things of this world are so much more important. You know what I I, I thought about this when I saw this? You need to understand and you need to know that God will never give you anything that takes you away from Him. Do you recognize that? But, listen now, the enemy will give you everything as long as it takes you away from Him. We forget that Satan can be a blesser, quote-unquote, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He can give you anything this world wants to offer you as long as it takes you away from Jesus. He'll give you riches. He'll give you cabins and and houses. He'll give you boats as long as you leave Jesus. And it blows my mind how many who say that they are followers of Jesus, and maybe they are because they can be, but... Because I bought this boat, I have to go use it on the weekend. It's the only time I can do it. So I can't be in God's house. I can't, I can't do the things that God wants me to do. Or because I bought this cabin so far away, the weekends are the only time I can go. I don't need to put God uh, in, in my life and, and stuff like that. Or, or whatever else it may be, whatever else they add. And listen, what they do is they actually put idols in their lives. Anything in our life that becomes more important than God is an idol. And look what he says here. He doesn't say that they're lost. He says they have no fruit. He says they don't mature. They don't grow. God doesn't work in their life. Their life falls apart because they don't have any blessings from God. Why? Because they have, put every, they have their fire escape, but they put everything else before God. And they don't follow what God has. And they don't mature. I don't know what would be worse. I know the worst thing would be is to not make it into heaven. But could you imagine one day those of us who accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are going to stand before the great throne judgment? And we're going to stand before Jesus, and He's going to reward us for all that we do in our lives, good and bad. But could you imagine standing before Jesus and not receiving any rewards for Him that you lay at His feet because why? Well, thank you, Jesus, for dying and giving giving me heaven as my home, but I didn't want to live for you while I was on the earth. The things of this world were too important to me. The things of this world were, took too great of importance in my life. You, you know, I needed you to get me to heaven, but I didn't need you for anything else. You see, one day we stand before the judgment seat of Christ as believers. That's before God wipes away every tear. And we are going to experience loss for the things that we've done that don't please And so Jesus says, listen, these first two are people that aren't saved. They've walked away from the Lord. The third one is a person who has accepted me but doesn't live for me. Has accepted me but has put idols in his life. And then he says the fourth soil. He says this soil is the good soil. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, listen now, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bearing fruit with patience. This good soil, this good soil of the heart takes the Word of God and is serious about the Word of God and studies the Word of God and studies the things of God and even when it doesn't make sense to the world, applies the truth of the Word of God to their life, lives it out, holds the the term holds fast, grips onto it for their very life. You ever feel like the world's falling apart? <laughs> you ever feel like this thing is just going to crumble and you're going to fly out into space? What, what happens? You've got to hold on to something. He says, hold on to the Word. Hold on to it. Hold fast. Clutch it. Grab it. Get it. Put it in. Apply it to your lives. He says, the believer that does this, that holds it fast in an honest and good heart, bears fruit. What fruit? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, long-suffering. With patience. The fruit that is given to us. Peace that only God can give. Comfort that only God can give. Strength when when the storms of life come. Stability when the earth is rocking because of everything that's going on. The person that cultivates in their life, cultivates in their heart, that listens and doesn't just hear who listens to the Word of God, who applies it into their life, who lives it out in their life, that person, well, that person is who God is pleased with. That person is a person who sees God work in their life. That person is a person that when the media and the world is going crazy, that person has stability that person has peace in a peaceless world you see and so what is jesus saying jesus saying listen there's not a problem with the sower there's not a problem with the preacher the one who proclaims the truth of god there's not anything wrong with the word of god because the word of god will always do what it says it will always accomplish what it does the problem is what kind of soil are you Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Are you past the first two pieces types of soil? I hope you are. But are you the third soil? Well, I've got my fire escape, but there's so much more important than the things of God. Or are you like the fourth soil? Now listen, the fourth soil is not perfect. The fourth soil doesn't have it all together. But the fourth soil is continually the best we know how with the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, looking and looking and looking and doing and following. We mess up, we come back to the Word of God. We mess up, we come back to the Word of God. We we fall down, we get back up to the Word of God. Do you see what I'm saying? We continually take the Word of God. We continually take the truth of the Word of God. We continually apply it to our lives. We live it out the best that we can and let God take care of the rest and we will produce... We will have fruit in our lives. So let me leave you with this. Let me ask you to do this. Cultivate a heart that listens to God's Word. Don't be a hearer of the Word. Be a doer. Cultivate the Word of God in your life. And when you do, you will know the deeper things of the Word of God. You will know the secrets of the Word of God. You will f- experience the power of God in your life. Will you stand with me in God's house today? Oh, Father God, thank you so much for the truth of your Word. Thank you, Lord, that it is our guide in life. It is what is going to take us through this world. It is our sure and solid foundation and God I thank you that you are a God that that wants what's the best for us in all situations and and right now Holy Spirit you are uh, speaking to all of us here and saying that the reason why you want us to have a heart that, that listens to you is because what you have for us is better than anything this world has for us. That you want to give us a solid foundation to navigate this crazy, crazy world. That you want to give us peace, Lord, that passes understanding. And we only find that when we take your word and we plug it into our lives and we live it out. Thank you for that truth and let us take this truth And let us be listeners of your word. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.